There is no shortage of strange tales and sinister stories when it comes to the bleak and dreary locations of lighthouses. Maine's infamous Seguin Lighthouse, for instance, a lighthouse keeper allegedly driven to madness by his wife's piano playing, brutally murdered her with an axe before committing suicide. The Pensacola Lighthouse in Florida. It was the lighthouse keeper's wife who murdered her husband, stabbing him to death. Before the advent of automated lighthouses, the men and women who tended these buildings lived in near total isolation for long periods of time, weathering terrifying storms on some of the most inhospitable terrain. Lighthouse keepers had the serious duty of keeping ships and their crews from sailing into dangerous waters. The isolation coupled with the heavy responsibility could, it seems, often lead some lighthouse keepers down their very own dark paths of madness, death, and even, sometimes, disappearance. What happened to three men who vanished while attending the lighthouse on a barren island of rock off the west coast of Scotland? What details of their disappearance have kept the mystery alive for so long? This case file the theorists slip into their slickers and boots to take a look at the Flannan Isle mystery. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 141, Flannan Isle. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Uh, this case file tonight is requested by uh, probably our biggest kiss-ass fan. He just <laughs> bugs me all the time. He to send me text messages. Wait, please do this one. Wait, please, wait, can you please do this? Uh, his name's Colin. I call him the Big Mac McMacleyout. Um, Big Mac because that's all he eats. Uh, Colin, the Big Mac McMacleyout. He requested this case file. Is it uh, McMacleyout or McCloud? No, it's McMacleyout. Okay. Like MC. Is the guy from Grizzfest? Yeah, yeah, that's a guy. Yeah, huge beauty. Yeah, huge guy. Huge He's like 300 beauty. pounds. Exactly. Anyways, uh, he really wanted this. He's a good buddy of mine. Really wanted us to talk about Flannan Isle. So I finally was like, after a thousand text messages he said to me, I was like, okay, all right, I get it, sure. I had to block him. So, this one's for you, Colin. <laughs> after you said you did it, it. It actually got it got a little crazy. I blocked him on text, and he started snapping me nonstop. I was like, Colin, man, like. Take it easy. Like, Stalker. you're a friend and a fan, but you're crossing a line here, buddy. So it was a, a little much. So, Colin, if you're hearing this, you know, tone it down a little. It's a little creepy. Colin. <laughs> Colin. Classic Colin. Classic yeah. Colin. Yeah. So, why don't we start off with a little space news? Got it that time. We got lots of messages last week about NASA finding a parallel universe that where time runs backwards. And I was like, that's perfect for us because you can listen to um, either Galaxy or either Parallel Universe. Our podcast is shitty 
from start to finish either way. Exactly the same. Doesn't get any better. Back and forth doesn't get any better <laughs> or worse. Yeah, it's the exact same. So, um, yeah. But that turned out to be fake. Not necessarily fake, just wildly blown out of proportion, it seemed. They yeah. went from like, suggested because this one part in, what was it, in Antarctica was like admitting they were... They said in the article anti like antimatter rays outwards from the earth or something, and then they the media got a hold of it and it ran to must be a parallel dimension running back like the opposite way from the Big Bang. And everyone's like, Well, I don't know if we take it that far, but anyways, it made that was a, one of the biggest viral like science headlines in a while. Turns out yeah. maybe not quite parallel. Not can't confirm nor deny. Let's leave it at that. There'd be a time where you could meet yourself at the exact same time. Like at the point, we and then the, the universe would end, and that'd be it. Yeah. Boom! Hey, like finger guns. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now, it, you know what? It happens. It happens way too often. Where it's just like scientists will make a suggestion. You know, and I I feel bad for scientists because I feel like they never get the luxury to be imaginative because you you say something, you're an expert on something, but you also want to, you know. You want to theorize. You want to be like, oh, man, like this could mean that possibly there's a universe out there that time runs backwards. And you're not you're not you you just want to be like you want to believe in something fantastic for just a second. You want to be like, oh, you just want to dream or, you know, like that. And but, you know, and then some reporter overhears you and they just like run with it. Yeah. (laughs) They're just like, yeah, it could be run backwards. And, you know, if you ask a scientist like, well, I mean, not really, but. Beep, 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 beep. This just in. Universe runs backwards. Scientists yeah. just confirmed. Scientists just invented time machine. And it's like, no. He's like, not what? really. What? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a, it was big one. Big, lots of people sent that in to us. This one's exciting. This Wednesday, SpaceX is about to launch two astronauts into space in a historic first. Oh, yeah. To infinity and beyond. First time in nine years since the shuttle missions ended for the United States that they are sending a manned spacecraft from American soil. It's gonna be. They awesome. got pretty slick spacesuits too. Yeah, they they look like like straight out of a um fuck what, what's that movie I'm thinking of? Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, with like the it has the bubble dome, but it's like much like more streamlined than like original like old school like shuttle suits. Swimming. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Form-fitting. Speed suits. Spa- speed suits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I always like to think of, like, Flanders in a ski suit. Feel like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> you just like yeah. to think about Flanders in a ski suit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, goddamn. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Anyways, it's, uh, yeah, Falcon 9 rocket with the Crew Dragon. Wednesday, you can catch the live stream. Just You'll search for it. You can, it'll be everywhere. <laughs> You just heard it here. Simpsons predicted sexy astronauts. Flanders. <laughs> Great glutes. And I'm sure if you wait a week and the launch is successful, I mean, launches are hard and they always get canceled for various hundreds of different reasons. But if it does happen, you can always just not even watch it live and we'll probably show a clip of it or something next week. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're recording this yeah. two days before. So by next recording, Don't we should- Don't ruin next week's space news for yourself. Yeah. Hold off. Just hold off. Hold off. Uh, engineers tested an impossible detonation engine for the first time, and it works. That's cool. So it's not so impossible, is it? <laughs> no, it's the possible engine. <laughs> it's the probable engine now. 
the engineers have built and successfully tested what is known as a rotating detonation engine, which generates thrust via a self-sustaining wave of detonations that travel around a circular channel. Uses less fuel apparently, so it's going to be far more efficient. You know, but it's still in test phases. But this could really change space travel. Sounds like a run, like a a controlled chain reaction, like almost out of yeah. control, but they somehow make it work. Just blowing up in a circle right. repeatedly, constant nuclear explosions, <laughs> one after another, and you're and you're the astronaut sitting on top of it. So that's yeah. fun. That's what I do. <laughs> That's some pretty good space news this week. That's all I have for space news. That's some epic stuff. Yeah, that's it. That's all we had. That's the main headlines of the week. All right. All right. To the task at hand. The Flannan Isle mystery. Great mystery. Yeah. This one has a little everything. And if it sucks and you don't like it, call Colin McMacleod and Big Mac. All right, what's and, his phone number? Uh, Let's so everybody can have dude, it. Dude, I'm actually, I you know it's funny. <laughs> Tell, I'm actually <laughs> tempted to <laughs> throw it out. Let's go because he he threw my number to some buddies and they were all drunk and his buddies were messaging me nonstop on the weekend. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this guy does not know. Listen, if this know, case file with you. <laughs> if this case file sucks, do not leave a one star on iTunes. Call fucking call him. Leave a message. Yeah, call Let him know how you feel. I, I think we could get like a yeah. thousand voicemails to Colin. So a thousand texts. <laughs> Let's fill his mailbox, man. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, stuff we'll, that we'll voicemail. We'll see, we'll, talk about we'll, we'll see the reception. And if it's really hated, I'll post his number on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's head over to the Flannan Isles. All right. So the Flannan Isles, if you don't know where they are, they are um, a collection of islands off the west coast of Scotland, north, in the northern Atlantic. There is a lighthouse that sits there, and the one that we're going to be talking about specifically uh, is the lighthouse that was built in 1899. That's when it was finished. Now, after they constructed this lighthouse, it was the newest lighthouse in that region. Like this was, I guess you can consider it the top of the line lighthouse. So um, when they constructed this lighthouse, where they built it is just like a, it's just a fucking piece of rock. Like it's not, uh, construction took a long time because it it was hard to get materials there. And those these be, they'd be stormy often. Right. So I think, I think they planned it out to take two years to build it and it actually took four. Jesus. Um, so just about doubled their time of actually having to build it. Must've been a government contract. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, it being top of the line, they had built, um, uh, from the bottom, like of the landing, like where you would, where you would drop off supplies, where you drop off people to go up into the lighthouse. You had these, um, concrete tramways, which led from the cliffside landings, uh, on the East and West side of the islands. And they could basically move. You would be able to move men and supplies, uh, no matter which way that the wind would be blowing onto the island. Where the landings were put were these pretty much just what you would consider like a cutaway into the cliff sides. And they actually had also cranes uh, 20 meters above uh, these like, you know, North Atlantic stormy surging waters. And you could use the cranes to kind of move supplies up and down uh, the cliffside. Think about what they're paying these guys back then. 
Like, yeah, yeah, go build Peanuts. a day. fucking lighthouse. <laughs> go in this crane. It's all good. You know what I mean? We're going to give you your fucking three shillings and a loaf of bread. No big deal, man. <laughs> the lighthouse actually itself uh, sat at the very top of the island, and it was about 25 meters high. And so that put it about 100 meters above sea level. And so, again, like I said, this was a brand new lighthouse. So they had what were considered comfortable living quarters for what would be like a full time crew of three men. But you would normally have three men, but there would be one that would usually be on shore for two weeks to come and relieve. How right in 1899, how do lighthouses work? Like, is it still like electricity? Like, is it still... Or are they like light? Is it like a one of the flames of Gondor or whatever they use in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> um, so what they actually used was a I forgot. It's a Felsel lens, is what it's actually called. Um, a Fres sorry Fresnel lens. And if you look it up, like you can pull it up. It's a pretty cool thing. Like you'll recognize it if you see it. You'll be like, oh okay. Like I think I've seen one of those before because if you've seen any, pretty much movie with the lighthouse that's that's what you'll see yeah um, I, i've never I, I don't have i don't have a subscription to lighthouse magazine so i i have no idea what you're talking i'll about. send you one for christmas don't worry perfect oh, like that. Uh, one of those it looks like a really fancy piece of art right basically how the fresnel lens works is it would focus you know your your flame your your light source and it would focus it straight out as opposed to having the uh the light kind of like go out in the the regular arc form hey, do dentists more... do dentists use little ones of those i mean yeah kind of kind of probably yeah that so that, dentists does, that lens looks the same use little lighthouses <laughs> that's what lenses do they focus oh. so what you're telling me is dentists use little lighthouses to see in my mouth See in those gaping cavities forming. No cavities, buddy. Cavity Two free? years in a row. That boy. No big deal. Champ. No big deal. <sighs> uh, so normally these these lenses would be placed on um, like a uh, like a type of like either a rotating lamp, uh, thing. Actually, what's interesting is that what they would use as a kind of uh, mount underneath the Fresnel lens to keep it rotating. The best. One of the best materials that they would use was actually they would fill like a channel with mercury, like liquid mercury. Uh-oh. And you would turn it like it would be because that was the best way that like that was the best way to have like a frictionless kind of turning. And you'd be able to turn it without having to to worry about it like cool. breaking down. OK, so continue on. Let's continue on with the mystery now. So I got if you don't know where this place is, it's like Google Earth has it. <laughs> You know how in Google Earth, the like the ocean is usually just blurred out. They've made a a tiny effort to show you where this where this is. So off the west coast, it's called uh, the Flannan Isles. It's a bunch of islands. So this like in, the enhance enhance enhancing. If you're watching enhance. the live stream, we're zooming in on the Flannan Isles, and the one that the lighthouse is on is called was Eileen Moore. Yeah, it's this. You can you can barely see it, but here is Eileen Moore, and the lighthouse is like somewhere right here, but you can barely. It's like the sun. Like that is in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. On uh, exact, just a little rock. Tiny rock. That's it. Lighthouse. You can't fucking see it on the map because it looks like the sun is directly on the island. It's all white, so you can't really see. But you get the picture of tiny island, as Dan said, a west and an east coast. So no matter which way the way, like the swells were going, they're usually an opportunity to like at least dock a dock a boat most of the time. 
right? So normally uh, you would have uh, four full-time staff uh, assigned to a lighthouse and they would be rotated ashore six weeks on and two off. So then, uh, you'd have three on the Island at all times. And then you'd have one that would be on the shore that would, you know, then they'd rotate that man out, uh, every, every couple weeks. So this lighthouse on Eileen Moore, uh, on boxing day, December 26, 1900, uh, about a year after it had been built almost to the day, the relief boat uh, named the Hesperus uh, brought their uh, uh, to that point uh, had the relief keeper Joseph Moore and uh, on to come in and, and take his post at the lighthouse. They noticed that the light in the lighthouse was out. That yeah, which so seems what, uh, even before Boxing Day, ships had been going across and expecting to see it as early as like December 15th. And they had been saying like, Hey, the lighthouse is out. Like the, there's no lights on. Uh, and this is like, it's, it's stormy seas right now. It's, it's really bad. It's a bad time of the year. So when they're getting to port, they're saying, Hey, the lighthouse isn't working. There's not. And everyone's going, well, there's nothing we can really do. The seas are too rough. So it's not like we can just, we, we can't call, the only communication was, I think they just flashed lights at each other. <laughs> it was like Lord of the Rings. They lit, they lit <laughs> the beacons, pyres. So when the Hespers landed, uh, they went ashore. They found a couple of strange things at first, which which kind of uh, signaled that something was definitely wrong. Uh, the flag was not flying on the lighthouse, and they also found that usually uh, there would be crates on the landing waiting for them for supplies. Um, which were not there at all. So I'm guessing what they did is they would like bring their empty boxes and empty crates down. Those would get loaded on the ship. New one, they right. use the crane to haul it up, and nothing's prepped. Right. Nothing. Nothing's ready to go. Nothing. Nothing has been uh, taken care of, or you know, the normal preparations for you know the relief ship coming. None of that had been done. So Moore himself went ashore. And uh, he was, you know, he went to investigate, you know, figure out, you know, yo, what the fuck is going on here? I, <laughs> I leave for yeah, two like, weeks. Where the what? fuck are these guys? It's probably <laughs> fucking choked. So the report that he made uh, became the the basis for the entire mystery that you hear that surrounds this this incident or this this lighthouse. When Moore made it his way up to the lighthouse, he found the lighthouse door was left open. Uh, he said that uh, the the reported report is to say that there was a meal of salted mutton and boiled potatoes, half mm. eaten, still laid out on the table. Mutton? Like somebody had just been What's mutton it. exactly? What's mutton? Sheep. Yeah. Sheep? Just like sheep yeah. do? Sheep. Sheep meat. Sheep meat. Called mutton. All yeah. right. So wait, they sent this guy alone off the ship. The relief guy just goes to the island on a, just by himself. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure there were other like down to the. I mean, you have to imagine. So they probably. I don't know if they actually docked the boat. Like, I don't think they actually docked the ship. Like, you probably sent a ship like to go like a little dinghy. Yeah, they yeah, probably yeah probably sent like a ste- like a a steamship and then yeah just a, I must I was so, wondering if it was just him though because imagine being him. 
knowing like you're you're going by yourself to an island where these three people are probably dead or something really bad has happened. You're just walking yeah, up alone. I mean, it's been 10 days since the first reported out. So like, I imagine he's moving with Hayes because he like, even if he's not buddies with these guys, like you work together, right? So you have, yeah. you like work closely in close proximity. So I mean, there's got to be some level of camaraderie before them. So I imagine like, if this was me coming to check on you guys at this lighthouse, one, I'd be like, I don't want to go up there. Like <laughs> something bad happened. Like you would know right away, like in your heart of hearts, 10 days of light. Your, your one fucking job is to keep the lighthouse lit and it hasn't been lit in 10 days. You're like, oh, buddy, shit. Something, dude, who are you kidding? Wrong. Who are you kidding? If you knew it was us, you'd be like, what the fuck are those guys up to? They're obviously dog fucking so hard that they forgot <laughs> yeah. Zell's stone out of his tree and forgot to light the fucking lighthouse. <laughs> Yeah, you know no, what I, I mean. Like, I dosed everyone. That's what happened by accident. <laughs> Dropped it in. But the here's stew. my question: So, is this relief guy? Is he is he coming because of his? He's scheduled to relieve somebody. Like, are these rotations staggered, or is he coming because something's wrong? No, uh, he's coming in as the standard relief procedure. Uh, okay. I was going to say that uh, the reports about the lighthouse being. Uh, not functioning, not on. They didn't find that out until later. Ah, so okay, Moore okay. didn't know that. Um, oh, other ships. You know that that, that 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 shit had been wrong for at least ten days. So like, other other that. ships seen it, but by the time they got back, they had already been left on their journey, so they had no idea. But other ships. Well, they made the report, but the reports got. Uh, by the time uh, they got to them, yeah. Well, yeah, by the time they got to him or the, the, the reports got caught up in the whole, uh, uh, you know, the research I said, there's a whole bunch of, apparently there's a lot of bureaucracy that goes with running lighthouses. So, oh yeah, man. I think that's pretty well-known fact that like the lighthouse game, tons of politics. Yeah. Hard if you read it's lighthouse who you know, monthly, not what you know is with they have their own magazine. Okay. It says <laughs> yeah. enough right there. <laughs> so. I get. I'm assuming these guys are on staggered rotations then, because there's only one guy coming in to relieve somebody, right? Right. So yeah, it, yeah it's uh, the lightkeepers are rotated short. Like uh, like I said, six weeks on and two off, and so then you would rotate. Okay. You know, they'd come in. Next person, two weeks off, come back on. Another person would leave. Two weeks off, and like that. So so yeah, there was f- half eaten food left on the table. Um, one of the chairs was knocked over and we start to get, uh, creepier from there. The clocks were all stopped. Right? Every single clock in the lighthouse was not working. Stopped. Right. All the clocks had stopped. They said two of the keepers, waterproof oil skins. So their oil skins are just, you know, the rain slickers, gear. Yeah. rain gear, you know, uh, we're missing. It's kind of like the, the third are those like one. the things, are those like the things like the guy, the killer wears in, I know what you did last summer. No, no, no. It's exactly like, yeah. you want to picture it? Think about Paddington bear. It's exactly what Paddington bear wears. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's the exact All same right. fucking outfit. Yeah, water, I know who yes. my guess is for there the killer go. now. <laughs> hey, Saul. This is in England, close to England. <laughs> Paddington Bear. They, ran, they obviously ran out of marmalade, and somebody got upset. Well, we we'd have to look into uh, other lighthouse incidents and see if there's any any connections with similar any correlation. Any correlations? Is Paddington De- Bear was in the town. He's a ser- the same time lighthouse attending attendant serial killer. We've cracked it. We've cracked, cracked it. Call Scotland Yard. <laughs> okay, so we said two of two of them are missing, but there's one left on the hook. As, go, as right. goes the story. Right, so one one piece of rain gear was left on the hanging on its peg where uh, where it was supposed to be, 
which which and, alludes that two people would have left wearing rain gear and one person would have left so hastily that he didn't bother to grab his rain gear in the stormy weather. Right. Which doesn't right there you're like well just by looking at that's almost that's enough to be like yeah something bad happened here. Yeah. So not only do you have this strange uh you know this strange uh setting of how the you know how the lighthouse was left um it was also said that there were logs that were recovered um said to have been written by uh one of the men uh, i don't think i said the men uh joseph moore thomas marshall james ducat and donald macarthur thomas marshall who was the second in command at the lighthouse and in, in the, the the hierarchy or the ranking of like the lighthouse keepers his journal was said to have read something like this. There were a couple of entries that were said to be of note. So you have the first one at December 12th. Uh, Gale, north by northwest, sea lash to fury, stormbound, 9 p.m. Never seen such a storm. Everything ship shape. Ducat irritable. 12 p.m. Still raging, wind steady, stormbound. Cannot go out. Ship past sounding foghorn. Could see lights of cabins. Ducat quiet. MacArthur crying. <laughs> December 13th. Storm continued through night. Wind shifted west by north. Ducat quiet. MacArthur praying. 12 noon. Gray daylight. Me, Ducat, and MacArthur prayed. December 15th. 1 p.m. Storm ended. Sea calm. God is over all. So the last note was for, did say the storm was over. So someone was still alive. At 1 p.m. At, and at we know on, at w- some point, December 15th in the, in the evening is when one of the first ships reported the light being out. So sometime between 1 p.m. and that evening, the lighthouse never goes back online. Yeah, and I remember I was reading that that uh, the Moore guy, the guy that went to investigate, he found out like when he got there that all the day's chores had already been done. Oh, so like right? the, like stocking the wood for the fire and everything that go to go along with the daily chores. Everything, all status quo for that day. Everything was completed, top to bottom. The okay. other thing that's interesting is that you know with the log, uh, there's a lot a lot of people say, and a lot of if you look into it, the MacArthur crying freaks people out because MacArthur by all accounts was this really tough, you know, hard-nosed guy. So for him to just be sobbing is so out of character. However, if this was us four at the lighthouse and what I was in charge of writing logs, I would write shit like that all the time about you guys. I'd be like, yeah, storms outside. <laughs> Andrew's Andrew's wailing like a child. Uh Dan's irritable like Zell's being a little bitch. I yeah. would write that in the logbook all the time. Like you, you couldn't help. Like you couldn't. Yeah, and you'd I be help you'd myself. be fired. You'd be fired from a lighthouse keeper after they read your log for the first time. Dude, <laughs> now maybe, but in 1899, you think they gave a shit? Dude, lighthouse you think that logbook after lighthouse keepers in the like were pretty respected in the sense that if the lighthouse went out and there was a storm, a chance of a ship crashing and killing like who knows how many people was high because there was no like no backup plan. So like I, I'm telling I, you, people I would think, fucked around in the logbook. Okay, I, I'd say they fucked 100%. around a little bit, but on that special day, they're fucking around. Like, 
It fucked around and then I, man, he's gone. probably going. He he's confined with these people for fucking three weeks. He's probably going crazy. It's, Dude, probably, it's, that's it's his job. The best, it's the best dig. It's the best dig ever because. Say he has to turn that logbook in, and he everything in the logbook's perfect. He's logging storms, and then he, you know, he's supposed to log about how everyone's doing. <laughs> and he writes it, "You're crying," you know what I mean? Like, and then he has to turn that in. He's like, MacArthur was crying, and then he like, he'd be like, "Zell, it says here you were crying." You're like, "I wasn't crying." And it's like that sounds like something. Someone <laughs> he was crying. Well, crying. Say, it's was in crying. the official logbook, and this is an official document. So yeah, yeah. on this date, we can. Confirmed that you were crying <laughs> and you are officially yeah. a baby. <laughs> Our logs indicate that you are indeed a weenie. But the last log, December 15th, 1 p.m., he got he still got a couple good jabs on his buddies in, if you go with that theory. But then nothing. No more logs. The light goes out that night, and then the mystery opens up. Right. So more uh, you know, upon his investigation, uh, he takes it upon himself. And uh, he gets three volunteers from the Hesperus to go ahead and man the lighthouse until they can find new crew from there. But they never find hide nor hair of uh, Marshall, Ducat, and MacArthur. They're all gone. Never found them ever again. Now, they did a massive search of the island. And they like some of the damage on the island from waves was unbelievable on the on one of the sides of the island like waves had come up like a hundred feet and like wrecked destroyed like a landing and a bunch of um a bunch of uh railings and stuff and thrown all this equipment all over the place so like what this storm was wild whether the wind or uh the sea coming up like it did some serious damage to the island right witnessed damage like the people got went there they seen it and yeah, there was like, at like a hundred feet, the ridge it looked like that had been washed. Down. Like you can tell like when, you, if you're on the ocean coast, you can look like, oh yeah, the water comes up that high because you can see the erosion. And it, lo- it definitely yeah. looked like that gigantic waves smashed the, the west side. But they still, they were still alive enough to write in the log, storm over, everything calm. One well, earlier mm. in the log, like people, some, some people you know, think that it, it it's one of the leading theories is that a rogue wave came and washed them all away. Now, that would be good, except that they had noted the damage in some of these logs. So it makes it seem like when that big storm is, they had taken account of the island and had taken account of some of this damage uh, before they got here. So I don't think in this scenario that whatever did that damage was still um, like would have washed them away like a big wave came smash they came out maybe we're trying to fix stuff and they all got washed away and it still doesn't make sense for the one person running out without gear yeah well i think it's pretty obvious what happened it's pretty self-explanatory okay ducard or whatever the hell's name is got his hands on that fucking journal and read and said oh this motherfucker said i'm crying okay cool (laughs) that smothers him the other guy saw him do it so he has to smother that guy too and then he just murder suicide. Game over. Throws himself. And then right before, right before he kills himself, everything's good. God is good. Descartes wasn't crying. And that's it. <laughs> Descartes wasn't crying. And then he goes. Descartes and- definitely wasn't crying. Yeah. He yeah. was chopping onions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's weird because so you got two guys that grabbed their raincoat. One guy didn't. There's a log saying that they've seen the calming of the storm. 
so it wouldn't make sense to for all three to get washed away. It would make more sense if like two went out to see the damage and one guy stayed to man man it. And it, if well, it, that you're supposed to always it's like um like an armored a rule. car. One person always has to remain at the lighthouse at all times. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It makes sense that two guys would grab their coats, go to check the damage of the crane or the railing or whatever was on the west the west side of the of the aisle. Now I'd have to know how far it was to the crane and how how the sound would like carry. But what if they got there and they they stepped on like a ledge that looked solid and one guy like fell, and the other guy tried to grab him and they're like hanging there and they're screaming like for help. And the guy from inside comes running out, tries to get them. Too late. He, he like maybe he goes onto the edge too, like trying to grab them and like pull them back up. The whole thing just caves away. Boom into the ocean. Gone. I I I like that because of the one chair like thrown over it's as if someone was like you need to come right now right like if someone one of them had opened the door and been like get out here now and he jumps out of the chair knocks it over on his way out he's halfway done his mutton yeah maybe because right? it makes sense you just have to it would have to be able to hear like how far down the cliff are they like would you even scream would it even echo back towards the lighthouse or see well, issue with that though is a lot of times when these bodies end up in the sea, they wash ashore, and no bodies were ever recovered of these three men. No. So some of the other theories. So you have the ones that are are based on experience, and uh, you know uh, people who have been there, people who have experienced the the raging power of the ocean. But then you have these other theories True. that people have kind of started to throw around, and um, one of the one of the theories is. Aliens. Boom. Aliens took them. All right, just before we get into aliens, let's take a quick beer break. We'll be right back. I don't, I really don't know where it comes from. <laughs> like, I tried to look it up, and the only thing that I could find that, that, that's somehow people think it's aliens, it was this old Doctor Who episode. Where aliens came down what? and abducted lighthouse workers? No, it wasn't even ripped. It wasn't even like aliens came down. It was like, I guess one of the guys was a reptilian alien or something. And, ended up murdering these guys. I didn't watch the episode. Yeah. But it's like, I don't, but I, you know, that's one of the things that always gets thrown around. All the articles I see written about this is like, they always throw around like aliens is one of the theories. I'm like, is it a theory or was it just in an episode of Dr. Who? And then people took it as that because that's all I've seen. Well, I think when people are like looking at this one and the fact that there's no bodies, like one person going, just everything kind of left in seemingly being like okay it's just odd because it was a nice day too so i'm like i don't even know why these guys like they said the storm's over right so it must have still been just drizzling i imagine so they grabbed their oil skins but like they've 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 just vanished right so whether they're lost at sea people are trying to think of well it's not like you you know if it was on land if this was on land you could go you know a hundred other different things right like serial killer animal attack you know, Mothman scooped him up, all these different things. But like, they're so secluded and isolated that it's like, how would anything get there? And so I think that's why people leaped it. Like maybe they were abducted, but it still doesn't like if two got abducted, why the third, like the scene of the lighthouse makes me think that that third guy rushed out in a hurry. Yeah, I got it. Two guys are out trying to fix the railing in the crane, get it short up. UFO. Came over top, started beaming them up. They started screaming. The guy came rushing out, and they were like, "Oh, easy target, got him too!" Bump, clicked them all up. Off they went. If you're going with aliens, that's the. <laughs> well, what else could you get? 
<laughs> so you've got aliens. You've got the next one is I heard sea monsters. 100 foot sea monster. Nessie, I guess. It's Scotland. So, I mean, isn't that in Loch Ness a lake? Monster? Isn't that in a lake, though? Meh. I guess no. That goes with the same <laughs> same theory as Ogopogo, though, is that there's underground tunnels. Exactly. Under, like underground rivers that attach like um, Loch Ness and a bunch of other lakes with lake monsters to the sea. So, may, so maybe. S- Nessie came out there for a little snack. What's a, you know what? If there's a, Ness, if there's a Nessie, there's got to be a breeding population. Maybe there's a whole bunch we don't know about. Nessie rode Possibly. the wave, a hundred foot wave up the cliff, yeah. launched herself, <laughs> plucked the two guys, plop, plop. I can't explain for the third. What then mimicked a voice, mimicked a human voice, <laughs> lured him out, lure the third one out. <laughs> Who knows screaming. once Nessie eats you, she can speak in your voice. I think that's it's a fact. That's well, a fact. When we do the cryptid crushathon with Nessie, that will be now canon and that will be a move used. Speaking on mimics, the the next theory that kind of seems to have some of its roots in the the Gaelic culture of the area is that fairies or fey folk had something to do with the disappearance. The Chapel of St. Flannan was said to actually be placed on this island at some point and that some of the more devout worshipers of that saint would travel to that island and they would have a certain ritual where they would uh it, it was remarked that there was some sort of that the the original inhabitants of that island had been some sort of a uh, you know magical pygmy race of people i suppose and uh you know there was some kind of blending of both like the like the Christian religion and, and the Gaelic religion. And they had somehow uh, this, this ritual was meant to kind of appease the spirits of the Island where they would uh, travel around the chapel on their knees, praying in, in a kind of uh, mixed language of both English and, and Gaelic. Oh, so there is a religious, there was like some ruins or something on this, right? From like, but it hasn't been inhabited in a long time. Yeah. So your theory, that theory is then a couple of uh, rogue fairies. disciples came for a or si- fairies or fairies or fa- fairies. Oh, but no, the yeah. disciples are worshiping the fairies. Is that what it was? Like people are worshiping these uh, like I, gods. I think the theory goes that they had been, uh, you know, the Gaelic culture had kind of melded with the Christian culture and they were like praying to the, around the chapel of St. Flannan to try and appease these, these creatures that used to live on the Island. And perhaps they, you know, they had been gone so long because the, the lighthouse was a relatively recent addition to that Island. It had only been there for like a year. So maybe these, we had so murderous, Fairy disturb the ground where these ancient fairies laid prison. Well, the fae folk are also also compared like sometimes to like extraterrestrials, like from a different dimension or something. Was there any? Well, I bet you there's boulder fields. <laughs> I mean, there is boulders. There, there are rocks. Probably rocks there. Spot. So there's got to be a couple boulder fields. Was there fields. any berry? Was, was there and any everyone, berry bushes? Everyone knows when there's boulder fields, people go missing. What about it's ber- berry bushes, man? I have to check with the, the local fauna. But there's, there's already be, water. We know that. You got Boulder Field. So therefore, you know, you got the connection with four, this, missing four on one. This could be a Bigfoot abduction. And it's just an underground cavern. That cavern just like connects. It goes like he lives in the mountain. 
all the way down under the Atlantic, connects to the Mammoth Cave network in the <laughs> eastern United States. It's a it's a now, worldwide cave network. Okay, what about this one? Oh, what about this? So we have we have the log saying, you know, Ducat is irritable. Uh, you have MacArthur crying. Everyone says that's out of characteristic from him. Let's take that at face value. Let's say this is really odd. This is the northern like Atlantic seas. Like they would have seen storms before. So for people to be like, that's how scary the storm was. That it it made the, it cracked this hardened man. Um, what about what if something was happening to Ducat? Right, he's irritable, and then all of a sudden he's quiet for three days. Um, and in that time, you have MacArthur crying. Now he's praying. What if, like, what if Ducat was possessed or something, and just he's the one that left, right? He just walks out in the in the night on the fifteenth, right? And these guys are like, "What the fuck is going on with him?" They throw on their oil skins, like quickly go out, right? You know, as much as there's protocol of like, yeah, we should stay. They're like, go to help him, and they they're trying to get him back, and he maybe kills them, pulls him down the cliff, and then with jumps them or off a cliff. Yeah, murder suicide. Murder suicide, right? Because it it just seems it seems weird to me. Like, because if everyone's saying that MacArthur is this really hardened individual, and that that is a weird thing for him to in the logbook that he's crying, and then you look at Dakot, and I'm like, okay, well, it says he's irritable, then he's quiet, then he's quiet. So maybe something was going on there. How uh, how much of a veteran was he? How long has he, had he been a lighthouse keeper? Did it say? Those guys had definitely been working for a long time, or they had been part of the national. Was it the? They have like a national lighthouse board or something. It's the national lighthouse. Tough roster to uh, crack. Um. Yeah, but like these guys were considered at least like at least three of them. I think were like the best and the brightest because this was the newest lighthouse, so they had the most experience of the people within their area or or that part of the 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 national lighthouse. I'm just saying association that they belong to. Maybe this is like um, a, a mental illness the NLA. Brought, brought in, like mental illness brought on, like some type of, uh, you know, or the the seclusion maybe he's possessed. of maybe, maybe the he's seclusion possessed of being on the lighthouse for so do long. Do we have any ages? Do we have any ages for them? Two of them, I think, were in their 20s, and one was in their late 30s, early 40s. Because I'm saying, if like if someone's in their mid to early 20s, like we know that that can be. Um, that's a lot of times when, you know, psychosis and that kind of stuff will take hold is early twenties. Right. So if, if one of them is maybe starting to, you know, have these bipolar episodes and then there's, st- if Ducat say stuck in this lighthouse, he can't go outside and he starts spiraling, right? Like that would be a scary scene for these guys. Like I could see like, you know, especially if, you know, there's, you know, a lot of religious people. A lot of religion back then. If if MacArthur's like seeing this and thinking, imagine if Ducat is having like delusions of you know seeing demons or stuff or talking to voices. Could you imagine how fucking terrifying that would be to be trapped in a fucking lighthouse? And you and and not to mention like it's it'd be different now because you would kind of know you'd be like oh there's something about, he's having mental illness. But back then, you ha- would have no idea if someone just started talking to themselves and were like talking to demons and like thinking they were hearing voices. You would be like, "Get me the fuck out of this lighthouse! I need the fuck out of here, man! This guy's crazy. Something's wrong with him." Uh, yeah, right? and that would be room for prayer. We definitely would have to mention uh, because, like I said before, uh, there is a. Th- 
theory that people like to throw around about uh, mercury mercury poisoning. Oh. Um, because of the lens that they use, I'm, I'm pretty sure the same one, uh, I think it was the same thing done at this lighthouse. Uh, actually, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, most some lighthouses, like I said, they would float the lens on a on a track of liquid mercury and that mercury you know being exposed to the high heat of the flame and things like that it could aerosolize sometimes it would coat surfaces uh within the lighthouse so you'd have this risk of mercury poisoning i think there's at least one case uh a definite case where a person had to at least a lighthouse keeper had to be committed uh because he had hallucinations went crazy i don't think it was very i don't think it was very common to have lighthouse lighthouse keepers go incredibly nuts. <laughs> like Dude, I don't here's think- the thing. So no, no, you're you're spelling it right out for me. We have these guys who are the best of the best, meaning they've been around these lighthouses all the time, right? Seasoned so you, seamen. Seasoned. Seasoned. <laughs> seasoned, seasoned seamen. Seasoned yeah. seamen. So they've obviously, if they're if this is the newest technology the NLA has, the National Lighthouse Association then these people are familiar with the mercury, right? So they've been working with it because they would have to be familiar with all the ins and outs of this lighthouse. So maybe these people on this shift, one of them's just hit the boiling point of like too much contact with this mercury, right? Maybe he's like the Teotihuacans and he's just, you know, <laughs> dipping his hand in it all the time or some some shit, right? Like, maybe, maybe he's getting his fix. They, Get a little stoned off yeah, that mercury. Like, this makes sense to me. Now imagine, imagine you're in a place with someone who's having hallucinations. 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 Jesus, I like hallucinations. I like hallucinations. 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 It'd be terrifying, man. It would be terrifying. You'd be, I'd be, you'd be so scared, and you're trapped in this lighthouse, and this guy's going like batshit crazy. Terrifying. So the one guy goes batshit crazy. So you Dude, he, run and he out? runs out of the I lighthouse. Mean, no oil skins. And these guys are like, what do we do? Like, we got to go after him. Or even better, one guy goes after him, right? And the one guy's sitting, waiting, waiting in the lighthouse, like concerned. He's like, fuck, like, where are they? What's going on? Like, looking out the door. I don't see anyone. Shit, shit, shit. We should have both gone. Something's wrong with him. All right, I'm getting my old skin on. I'm going out to see what's going on. He goes out, and one's already been pushed off the cliff. Whatever he goes, what? Either way, that's like that would account for all three of them getting out of the lighthouse. So one guy goes mad. The other two follow because they're worried about him. Ends up taking everyone down with him, or killing two and then tossing himself off, jumping off. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's not like it, this would have been. You know what I mean? You don't get a little taste of mercury and then go sudden, sudden onset, excited delirium, psychosis. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this would be a slow onset. Mean. Pardon me? Huh? What did you say? He says no. he, know, he knows what you mean. I know oh. I, I know what you mean. Oh, did I say that already? <laughs> <Yeah>. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. It's okay. Gives a shit. So <laughs> it, it, it's not a sudden onset, right? They're gonna. It's going to be a slow process and they're going to get irritable with this guy they're gonna be like, this guy's fucking nuts we've been with him 28 days he keeps getting worse and worse if he wants to go outside fuck him see ya bye yeah well what if he didn't come back? well they write it in the log they're writing everything else in the log 
I'm telling you, the guy who was all fucked up on Mercury is the one that signed signed it at the end, saying "God's good, everything's fucking great," and just tossed him smiley yeah. face tossed off, and then he sk- skipped out, and then <laughs> yeah. Swan died off the cliff. Yeah. Okay. But there's still no bodies. Bodies well, exactly. Wash ashore. No, I, that, which man, is bizarre. I read that too. It said bodies never washed ashore, and then I look at the place and the big storms. That body could have fucking. Who knows where that thing could have went? If you got if you got knocked in the water and there's a raging storm, you probably got shredded on the rocks for a while, then put underneath, and the riptides would have taken you out. And like, who knows where that body would have ended up? This is the 1900s too. They probably walked around the fucking island for 20 minutes. Nope. Like, yeah, they're fucking gone. Not it's here. Done. Yeah, nah, it's done. It's too much work. I can't figure it out. We can't risk another one going down. Just leave them. No, whatever. No. no, he got taken by the mermaid, surf and turf, gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got lured in. Yeah. Chasing tail. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that they find no bodies at uh, the disappearance is absolutely mysterious as just left it open like this case open for for so many interpretations and so many theories to kind of creep in and, and, and get into this um, uh, to, to try and retell the story or to kind of uh, figure out everybody loves a mystery. So everybody's trying to figure out what happened. But now <laughs> what if I told you that the strange little details that they had, like the half eaten food, uh, the log entries, all of that stuff made up made by up. Colin. What do you mean it's made up? God damn it, Colin. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean it's made up? All of those things. The you, log entries. You made them up? I didn't make them Colin up. Colin made them up. Colin made them up? You bastard. Yeah. So wait, that's not the real account. The log entries are fake. Okay. The The first evidence that we have of these log entries uh, that were, were purported to have been written by Marshall uh, was in 1965 in a print edition of uh a story was called uh invisible horizons and uh it was by author vincent gaddis and he claimed that he had gotten this log text from another piece another written piece from 1929 by an author by the name of ernest fallon in true strange stories Hmm, uh but nobody was able to actually confirm that (laughs) So we have no indication that the storm was actually over. Well, to go further on that, Fallon was found to probably certainly be a fake name. Like the person who actually wrote the original piece that Vigatis said that he got his his log entries from. He wrote it and then claimed he sourced it from himself. (laughs) That makes more sense. So Yeah, that does make more sense actually than him. Because like Fallon's a fake name, so like it makes more sense that Vincent he wrote just it, made it up, and said he made, got it from somewhere else. <laughs> right. So the log entries are fake; they're made up. the The part about the half eaten food that also never happened. That's actually just a that was taken from a popular line about a poem that was written about this disappearance. So they, there was no food in the bowl. No, actually, uh, Moore actually reported, like, in his report, he found that everything, like Andrew had said, all the chores had been done. Everything had been pretty much wrapped up in the evening. Like, they, from what they can tell, the evidence that he found, all the dishes had been cleaned. 
it seemed that dinner, they had already finished eating dinner and they had already cleaned the, all of the dishes and the silverware were, were remarkably clean. Like they were yeah, all done. Dan, you like explain this to me though, Dan, <laughs> what stops all the clocks? We're talking about electromagnetic pulse or something. Paranormal stops the clocks. Some type of interference. Well, clocks from the 1900s and some clocks still today, antique clocks today, you have to wind them weekly <laughs> to, for them to work. Pre- uh, um, also, ideally, on the same day uh, that you did it every week. So it's keep, funny when you said that, time. as soon as you told me that, like, well, clocks stop when you don't wind them, I went, oh, yeah, why did I think they'd have fucking lithium-ion <laughs> <Yeah>. batteries <laughs> in the fucking 1900s? I don't Time know what X. I thought. I just, when I first read that, I went, all the clocks stopped? All together? fucking weird. Whoa. I'm like, no, it makes way more sense. No one's there to fucking wind them. So they just so, eventually come to a stop. Yeah, so th- that's actually a clue that they got, like, when Mort saw that, that. That was the first clue them in that they had been gone for longer than a week. Like, they, they, the, the disappearance had happened sometime, uh, you know, seven to ten days before uh, they had gotten there because all the clocks had wound down. There, nobody had been winding the clocks. And the lighthouse has been out for yeah, a while. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. until when they checked the yeah, until they went and actually found the logs and the reports from other ships coming in uh during that time and during that 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 two weeks like in that area that that 14 days um that, that there was actually multiple reports it was it was widely reported that there were very serious storms going on. Like so much that they couldn't get the the relief ship out there. They had to wait um, the Hesperus had to wait to get out there because the storms were so bad. Well, that's what surprises me though. Cause like these guys, like you were saying earlier, these are the best of the best. These are fucking, you know, the ILA fucking top flight badasses. They're seasoned seamen. You know what I mean? So what the fuck is so important for them to be going outside during these crazy storms? The platform. So the most detailed report that we have is that, um, is that we get from Robert Muirhead, which is the superintendent uh, overall in charge of the Flannan light, like the lighthouse itself. Um, when they did their investigation over this thing, like they went over this thing with a fine tooth comb that they were going over this. They found that the rails of the Western trolley tramway had been severely damaged. Uh, a box of mooring ropes. Now, if you don't know what mooring ropes are, like mooring ropes are heavy. They're Giant for, rope. you know, they're for large ships and for boats and they're things for like mooring. that. Yeah, they're for more. <laughs> Nailed it. No problem. And those which had these these ropes had been securely anchored seventy feet up on the west cliff face had been washed completely away, and then even further up the cliff there, uh, where there was supposed to be a life buoy about one hundred and ten feet above sea level, that had actually been torn off of its moorings. One hundred and ten uh, feet. Yeah, one hundred and ten feet above sea level. And how high was the lighthouse? The lighthouse is like, yeah, well, 100 meters. Sounds right? like is that what it was? a perfect storm to me. There was accounts that in severe weather, waves would splash and get water up to the, like the actual like light, the top of the lighthouse. Right. There's at least There's one big person, storms, man. Right. There's at least one person, Walter Aldebert, uh, who was actually the principal keeper on Elian Moore between 1953 and 1957. Like he actually went out there with a camera and he recorded 
and observe stormy weather. And in his observations, he said that even the lamp house, uh, 300 feet up can be splashed with spray. Like it get like the waves Jesus. can get that high. Jesus. Wow. So boom, here you go. Huge storm. If the logs aren't correct, like the, if the storm actually hadn't subsided, they like these let three lighthouse keepers, maybe they did see like a storm of their life. Like one of the, the worst they'd ever noticed as lighthouse keepers. And a hundred year storm, hundred year storm. And they go, they went out to check, like check the mooring lines and check, like check the trolley and the crane and stuff to make sure. Cause that's like their lifeline to like bring supplies in and out, got hit by a freak rogue wave, 75, 80 foot wave. Then plus the, like, plus the, like the updraft of the water up the cliff, probably knocked at least one or two into the water. And then, but then, so what about the, the, the wet skins or the seal skins? Is that part true? I think, yeah, that's, that part is true. And what they think has happened is like, like you said, they think that either, but more likely it was one of them. Like one of them went down to go check the, the mooring lines. Uh, you know, two of them actually went, but one went down onto the landing to kind of check the moorings. Cause I think one of them, I can't remember the, uh, which one it was, but at least one of the men had been fined before because he had, he had had some of his equipment wash off. Like oh, so they like had a, had another storm. That's like a the the cardinal sin of a lighthouse keeper losing your mooring lines or all that shit. Right. So some of his stuff he had been fined like was it like five shillings or something, like three shillings or something. I don't. It was probably a lot of money much. back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're thinking that you know he they went down there to secure that stuff. Like the storms had been going on during this week, uh, during this two week period, and they had gone down there when there had been a break in the storm. And at least one of them went to get secure this equipment. And perhaps, like you said, a freak wave came in, knocks one of the guys into the water. The other guy sees this, runs up to go tell uh, one of the other, the, the other one who's in the lighthouse, like, we need to go out there and get it. So the other guy runs out without his, you know, doesn't take his like, no oil skins. No time, no time. He's in the water. Outfit. Yeah. Right. No time, guys. So he, in the water, or he had been go. sitting in that chair. Perhaps he had been sitting in that chair, and that's why the chair was turned over. And then he had been sitting in that, and then just just bolts out the bolts out the door. So now we got all three like lighthouse keepers outside of the lighthouse. One guy's in the water. Let's say the two guys grab a rope, try and get him. Another freak wave comes. They all go into the water. There's no coming back. It's a the storm came out of nowhere again. Like there's a there's a like maybe they're in the eye of the storm, and it seemed calm. But within 20 minutes, like the waves had come out, come in again, and like after that first freak wave, they just kept on coming. The well, sea we is know a cruel the mistress. Fake, so it may have never been calm. That's what I mean, though. I'm just saying, like it, maybe yeah. it, it might, it must have been at least a little bit calm for them to like muster up the courage to like climb down onto the platform that was probably getting pelted by water. Yeah. Or or, or, or maybe not, and they're like, we have to get this, no matter like no matter the risk. And then one guy, first guy, went down there, knowing it was dangerous. And then he got smoked. In like insert said story again, same thing, fifty different ways, but they all went down together. This is such a good mystery on face value. Yeah. And as soon as you start scratching the surface, like when you first read this, if you if you're watching YouTube videos and reading synopsis, you're like, Whoa, what? What happened? And then if you actually like dig into this one, you go very quickly, you go, hmm. So, Colin, think twice before you make another suggestion. Yeah, what's his phone number? Put that shit out there. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking blew it, I Colin. Thanks, time. buddy. But let this be a warning to you, Colin. Next time you give your buddies my number to, I can 
Bug. We got ammo. We got a, ammo, buddy. And a wave of a thousand um, texts. That's what I, I think. I go back to a wave, like a really bad storm, wipe them away. Um, on face value, oh, I mean, they've made a show. The show, The Lighthouse, based on this. Like, it's such a cool face value. Like, you know, it writes itself, really. Uh, what do you guys think? Is The Lighthouse based on this? I think they mentioned it in The Lighthouse. I thought it was based on this. The Vanishing, the, the movie The Vanishing is based off of this one. I think. Is that what I meant? The Vanishing. That's what Gerard Butler, though. I don't. Yes, not, that one. Yes. That one? Mm, I'm not sure. I've never yeah. seen it. The, the Lighthouse is Pattinson and, and Defoe. Yeah, no, no. Vanishing with Butler. Our Pat. Yeah, okay. Guys, a dreamboat. There you Senator go. Diggory. All right. Soon to be Batman. <laughs> uh, I'll go with the Storm 2. It'd be if there was no like physical evidence of a like a giant storm like getting that up that that high and like washing the mooring ropes away, then the mystery would be more wide open. Like okay, like what really did happen? If like uh, there's no obvious impact of a giant wave, like mm, you could open up the mystery more. But because there I think is, it's pretty obvious. Well, that's what I'm saying because there is, and the like the ropes were washed away and the railing was damaged and it moved like a thousand pound boulder. Ocean is fucking powerful. Mm. I, I but I still think you're missing the obvious thing here. Paddington Bear, Boulder. Nope. <laughs> nope. Ghost Could you pirates. imagine that one guy's like they're like standing there at the window and one guy's like, "What are you looking at?" He's like, "You seem you're, you seem quiet." And he's like, "I don't know. There's a. I'm pretty sure there's a bear out there wearing a yellow oil skin." And he's like, "Huh?" Starts praying because Paddington's just out there in the storm, just watching them. Wait, what were you saying, Andrew? Paddington Bear with the army of uh, ghost pirates? Ghost pirates. Flying Dutchman. All three guys in Davy Jones's locker. Yeah, where do you think Paddington Bear got those oil skins? Ghost 100%. pirates. Exactly. <laughs> ghost pirates. It's ghost obvious. Poems. I don't understand how you guys all missed it. Uh, Paddington Bear, that's how he keeps his oil skins as he goes to lighthouse to lighthouse, murdering the inhabitants and stealing <laughs> Taking their, their oil marmalade. Skins. It's all for sense. the marmalade, baby. Uh, that out. makes the most sense. I think All right, so. let's um, Zell. If you got it queued up, why don't we fire up the randomatron? Uh, let's see what it pumps out today. Let's do it. Fan story. Oh, it was printed um, out a fan story. Fan story, fan story, Ooh. right on. This is from Luke. Uh, this is called Pigman or Dogman. Pigman? Pigman? Or Dogman. Pigman, Pigman or Dogman. Pigman or Dogman. Pigman, Pigman or Dogman. Uh, there is a, oh, he gives a nice uh, backstory of the legend of Pigman. Not going to read the backstory. If you want to know the backstory of Pigman, hashtag um, I don't think up. I do. Sounds terrifying. I don't think I need to know about that. <laughs> Case file 142. Backstory of Pig- Pigman. Pigman. <laughs> uh, my story. This is from Luke. Thanks again sending and luke was awesome because in the first line of his email he says you can use my name oh yeah i was 18 i had just graduated from high school it was the summer of 2003 it was august and it was hot air conditioning never stops running and you stick to the seat hot gross i was at my girlfriend's house late one night she lived out in the country around 2 a.m i decided to make my way home I said my goodbyes, and I got in my Ford F-150. The truck was old and prone to dying. It had 195,000 miles on the odometer, manual windows, manual locks, 
and a rusted out hole in the passenger side floorboard. It was a ride fit for an 18 year old. I drove through the country heading home. The cornfields had not yet been harvested, so the stalks were at their peak. I came to a four-way stop in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by cornfields, when all of a sudden, my truck died. Buddy, you're at, the, you're at a crossroads. There's a crossroads demon. Yep. Crossroads demon. Yep. Jesus. Easy. Crossroads devil, demon. man. In the, middle of the, in the middle of the cornfields at their peak, <sighs> crossroads demon. I haven't even finished the story. I don't know what happens. Crossroads Robert demon. Robert Johnson. Sold us, he's fucking sold us, sold the devil at the crossroads. Learn how to play the yeah. guitar like a badass. I tried that. Uh, this <laughs> is not unusual, and so I reacted as any 18 year old might react upon being stranded with a dead truck, dead truck in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. The reaction right. involved banging on the dashboard and the steering wheel and using some choice words. Listen, this, this guy, Luke, at 18 year old, his reaction to my reaction. I'd be crying <laughs> in the middle of the crossroads, in the middle of the cornfields. I'm like, oh no, I'm in trouble. This is how Jeepers Creepers starts. This is how Jeepers yeah. Creepers starts. I'm pretty sure I've gotten that phone call from you before. Tears yeah, yeah. in your eyes. I'm stuck. Come get me. Come get me. I was committed to getting the truck restarted. I manipulated all three pedals and the stick again and again, confident I would get the truck restarted. At some point, I hit the brake pedal, which illuminated the road behind me. And accidentally at the same time, my peripheral vision had gotten a glimpse of something in the rearview mirror that struck me oh, as alarming. Oh, shit. Sweet! Oh, dude. Sweet! <laughs> uh, I pushed the brake pedal again and looked in the rearview mirror to check my alarm. Sure enough... There was a dark, shadowy figure in the middle of the road. It was absolutely still. It was between 50 and 100 yards behind me. Uh, distances are hard to gauge given the situation, and objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. We all know this. And was on all fours. My initial thought was there was a big dog in the road. I went back to trying to start my truck. Moments later, the truck starting situation had not improved i decided to check on the big dog i pushed the brake pedal and looked at the rearview mirror again the big dog was a little closer mm. i didn't see it move it was still motionless in the middle of the road but it had cut the distance between me and it by about half it was still dark and shadowy it was still on all fours it still looked like a big dog but big like bigger than i had ever encountered at this point, I became afraid. I had a newspaper headline flash through my eyes. 18-year-old slaughtered in countryside, blood everywhere. So I very calmly reached over and rolled up the passenger side window and locked the door. And rolled the driver's side window up and locked the door very Good calmly. Good choice. I, I set my attention back to starting the truck. Now, the f next few moments become a blur. It might have been a few seconds. It may have been a minute. I don't know. But as I recall, one... My truck began to give signs it was about to start. I noticed the big dog was within five yards of the back of my truck. Three, my truck started. Four, the big dog stood up on two legs. It stood tall, like one of the biggest men I had ever seen in real life, well over six feet. Five, I put my truck in drive. 
Six, the thing started moving towards the bed of my truck. Seven, my tires squealed. Eight, the thing shot off the left side of the left side of the road right into the cornfield. And nine, I'm rolling down the road. Needless to say, I was freaked. Nothing like this had ever happened to me. I had never felt dread or mortal danger before. There was no way I was going home to sleep. There was only one thing I could do. I had to go see my friend, George. He and I love ghost stories and tales of cryptids. We would regularly investigate abandoned houses or any other creepy stuff we knew about. I had to see him. Uh, George lived in the countryside. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, George lived in the countryside as well. I rolled up uh, close to his house around 2.30 a.m. I turned off the truck, popped it in neutral, and silently parked in the end of the driveway. I walked up to George's garage and climbed up the back of it. Uh, I started banging on his window till he woke up. Uh, George opened the window and responded as any 18-year-old might respond that had been woken up from a good sleep at 2.30 in the morning. He was cussing me out when I said, I saw the pigman. George got quiet, evaluated my face, and a moment later, he said, meet me at the front door. So I climbed down, walked around the base... Oh. Walked around the base of the... Walked around the base of the staircase from his room. The door opened. George, appearing to carry two flashlights and two shotguns, he came down the staircase and said, let's go. We got in his red Jeep. He had an oversized tires, big lights on the top, and navigated to the spot where the strangest had occurred. I had him pull off the road right where I saw the big dog shoot into the cornfield and sure enough the stalks were bent something large had entered the cornfield at this spot very recently the sight was reassuring for my sanity a moment passed i looked at george george looked at me and said let's go get the fuck out of here george george is let's go baby uh we get out of the jeep and analyze the corn stalks a trail of broken bent corn stalks was easily visible we entered the cornfield We followed this trail for some time. I don't know the reality of time. Maybe it was five minutes, maybe 15. But at some point, we came to a pause where it was eerily quiet. Then, all of a sudden, we heard something move. It's hard to see anything in there, but there was something southeast of us, which hadn't been moving. Then, all of a sudden, it was moving quickly, breaking corn stalks and moving away from us, rapidly moving west. I looked at George. George looked at me and said, let's go. We kept going. Another five minutes or so passed. We came to another spot that drew eerie quiet. Then we heard something. It was somewhere between a dog's growl and an elephant's trumpet. It was alarming and terrifying. I froze for an instant. Sweet! Then I heard something move rapidly away from me. I looked at George. George was gone. George was running for the cheap and it left me to die. <laughs> <laughs> After all, you don't have to outrun the thing. You outrun your friend. (laughs) I began running in the same direction. Nothing chased us. We got to the Jeep. We drove to his house and slept it off. Uh, We came back the next morning to investigate further under the light of day. We were unable to follow the thing's trail through the entire cornfield, across a road, and into a soybean field. The trail went cold at an irrigation ditch in the middle of the field. That is my story. Thank you, Luke, for sending the story of the pigman. As soon as you, if it were us, and like, what do you guys were like, let's go? I bet, yeah, go home. Peace. Yeah, 100%. Do you this? have zero survival instincts I'm whatsoever? not going into the like, cornfield. That what? is where all the bad things happen. Yeah. Sorry, what's that, Luke? You need me to go to the crossroads at the fully grown cornfields on all sides and investigate what you think to be the pigman. 
uh, at 2 in the morning. And slash or dog man. That's a problem. My response would be go home. Don't ever come to my house again. <laughs> I'd be like, let's burn this whole place to the ground. <laughs> it's like, let's set this cornfield on fire. Now, put Zell's a really done. picture in my it. mind, though, of like. You see Zell? Of like, you, you see that Zell right now? He was fucking yeah. just inboxing that fucking guy to find out where that He's fucking like, crossroads is. Send me a Google is. pin. I've yeah. already yeah. sent. I've already. <laughs> get, I've shit. got the Google pin. Yeah, we're great. going. Have fun. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you we're going somewhere else, and then we're gonna go there. <laughs> I just can't imagine being at night and like being that pitch black, and when you tap your brakes, seeing the lights, and just seeing that figure in your rear view, you'd be like, I'd be like, oh, you shit your pants. You would shit your, pants, your fucking pants. We can't let Zell drive us anywhere. Zell's gonna be like, hey guys, we're going to David Buster's. It takes us to the fucking <laughs> David Buster's. like haunted house. It's like, god damn it, Zell, this is the third time. Yeah. Why is he already believing him? He's already dead. He's got nothing to be scared of. <laughs> yeah, next okay. time, Dave and Buster's, guys, I promise. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah. I just love going to creepy places, man. Creepy guy. Play some uh, Ouija board, demon board, you name it. I still can't believe, like, I thought about it the other day that we didn't have a gun with us when we played Ouija board outside. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't bring a shotgun or something. Yeah. Like, there's, like... Like there's legit animals up aside. there. There's like there's big animals up there. Yeah. And we're just sitting in the pitch black playing Ouija. I can't <laughs> fucking believe I went. It's even it I was even worse. I went to that. It, we're in the pitch black with lights on the table, so you can't see outside of the circle of light. You just it's just pitch black everywhere. There, there's no definition. Someone could just like sneaked up within like five feet of you and just stood there, and you would not have noticed. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> Fun Terrifying. times. Thank you, Luke, for sending that in. If you got a story, send it to alientheorist at gmail.com and let me know if I can use your name. Don't forget. Read it on the air. All right, let's do a quick, uh, let's sum it up here. Let's do a theorite of the week. <laughs> this one's going out to Jay. I don't, we're just calling him Jay. We're not going to use his last name because we didn't say he could. He sent us some Bigfoot pictures. that He claims that he's seen Bigfoot in the woods. It looks to be around like a, well after sunset, so it's pretty dark. But hey, as far as Bigfoot pictures go, these ones hold up. I looked at it and I saw a Bigfoot. I saw a Bigfoot. I see. I mean, Bigfoot. You told me you saw a Bigfoot, and I looked at it and I was like, "That's a Bigfoot." I'm inclined to believe people. If you say you saw a Bigfoot, I'm never gonna be like, "You didn't see a Bigfoot." Never. If you send me a picture and I look at it, and I'm like, "That's pretty blurry," but that could very possibly be a Bigfoot. Oh yeah. So, Jay. You know your last name. Thanks for sending that in. You are the theorite of the week. Stay out of the woods. Ooh. Out of the woods, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Or at least go in together. Uh, something's taking people in the woods. Yeah. Buddy system. Buddy, buddy system. Buddy system every time. Okay, I'm going to read uh, some new Patreon supporters. Supporting the show for $3 or more. We are very thankful. We can read your name one time, sometimes two if you get lucky. So this week we got Ruben Sabalos, Jay Coons. Hey, that's... Uh, Thank hey, that's the never mind. Theory of the week. <laughs> never mind. You know, so, <laughs> it is double duty. <laughs> is it him? <laughs> Jay Coons, theory of the week, and Patreon supporter. I said that was his name. <laughs> ben gotcha. L. Ben L. Joey Carey. Jackie. Gage Benham. James Wells. Leon Cherry. These are all normal names this week. No one's fucking with me. Dan Harris, Jason. I almost read Haywood 
jabroni, but it's hey, Haywood Jablomi. Jablomi? You get it? Oh, you get, get it. it? Hey, would you Took blow me? Took me a second. Sure. Hey, would you blow me? Oh, nice. no. no thanks. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Snuck in a fast <laughs> one there. <laughs> Got him. Hey, yo. I have stupid name. Next. Thank you. Brooke Campbell. You have a stupid Bryce name. Bryce Crutcher. Sebus. And I believe that is it this week. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't noticed, we have ads now. And if you want to defeat those ads, get on our Patreon and destroy them. Destroy them. Slay the evil ad empire. Yes. Slay the ads by joining our Patreon and they disappear. Woo. Magic. Crazy. Disappearing ads. Oh, I bet you 100 hours of bonus content and more every week. At least. At least. Okay. Band of the week. This band is called Cheap Show. Punk band. Song's called Chill Out Dickwad. Awesome. <laughs> there we go. Keep them coming tonight. Let's play play it here at the end. If you want to look them up, you can find them cheap show on Spotify or probably any other streaming service you could get on. Yeah, and as we always say at the end of these things, suck my ass, Colin, and keep those eyes on the skies. Get